0: Lincolnshire,
1: non-league radio,
0: the home of live commentary on lower league football in South Lincolnshire. Hello and welcome to the Lincolnshire non-league radio podcast sponsored by DWV, Timber Engineering and Angels Texas of Boston. My name is Tom, commentator on the station. After a week's break last week, we are back and we should be all the way up to the end of the season now and we have some quality guests lined up as well starting with this one today he's a goalkeeper at Skegness Town and was part of the Boston Town team who reached a third qualifying round in of the FA Cup in 2017 it's
1: James Lambly first of all James thanks for coming on how are you Tom thank you for having me Uh, I'm really well thank you yeah good I hope I live up to the intro there as a a quality guest but I'll do my best (laughs) I'm sure you will. So in this podcast, we'll talk
0: about uh, Skegness's season so far, James' time in the game, and at the end, like always, there will be the football pub quiz. So we will start with uh, Skegness Town. So it's the club's first season in the United Counties League. So I guess you could say it was always going to be a bit tough, but you currently sit in a very, uh, very respectable sixth place in the table, and with four games left, you can still finish uh, higher. I know you've been out for the majority of the season for injury, for injury but what do you make of your season so far
1: um so this is our first sort of season in, in the ucl but you know prior to the restructure of the league we spent a couple of seasons in a, in a really tough uh, northern counties league um which in my opinion rivals the sort of the talent which is in the, the, the current league um i just, i think it's actually been quite a uh, an an average season for us. You know, we started the season with you know with a, a great group of players um and with you know real high expectations. And you know, we came into the league knowing that the restructure was going to make it was make it tough. And it's when you're competing in a lot of local dives as well, it adds a little bit of flavour to the league. So we we're really excited coming into it. And uh, I think, you know, on paper, in you know, the finishing anywhere sort of you know, four, fifth or six is, a, is probably a strong season. But if I think if we're honest, I think we wanted a little bit more. We, we perhaps knew we couldn't quite compete with um, sort of your Long Eatons and your, your Nomads. But, we, you know, I think we we hoped we'd be a little bit closer if we are being honest with ourselves. But again, first season in the league, uh, you know, not too shabby. I remember we
0: had uh, the assistant manager, Chris Rawlinson, back on the podcast in November, and he said about there's not an easy game in this league. They're all tough. And as you mentioned, you're comparing the league to the Northern K's Eastern League. So you... Uh, Obviously, knew how tough it was going to be.
1: Yeah, the the, the league is just full of you know fantastic players. I, I don't I don't think there is an easy game in the league. You know, even if you look at some of the lower end now, there's still there's still tough games. You you have to you know you have to win them. We played Pinchbeck in a in a I think it was an FA Cup qualifier at the start of the season. Uh, I don't think we got on the score sheet. You know, till so a good hour had gone, and it was a really competitive game. So. Really, really tough league, and was sort of really enjoyable to be a part of. And you know, you know, and knowing knowing Chris like I do, he, he would have been, you know, and he is really ambitious to keep on kicking on. So, with it being the club's first season in the
0: United Counties League yeah. Premier Division, I guess the aims for next season will be to maybe challenge for the promotion places.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm being brutal, I'm not. I'm not sure how they're, they're going to. Um, do with their promotions, whether or not they're going to have an automatic 2 go up or, you know, sometimes they float the idea about having a, a, a playoff in there as well. So I think it very much depends. And I think we need to be sort of realistic as well. You know, in, in these sort of lower leagues, the, the ones that tend to pay the most money tend to attract the, the, the bigger players and they can have a massive impact. So you, you sort of have to be realistic about, okay, you know, what, what, what are we going to be paying players as a, as a, as a budget? Who can we attract? And if we're brutally honest, you know, with Skegness uh, where it sits in the, you know, the, the geography of the league sometimes it's tough to attract sort of certain players i mean the players we've got at the minute you know they do a lot of travelling and you know it's it's outstanding really they do a lot of miles
0: so the team had been in the northern counties east league for a while and when Nathan Collins came in things definitely began to go in the right direction I mean, when Skeg did get promoted, uh, to Step Five, would you say it was definitely deserved, especially with COVID nineteen stopping promotions beforehand, like in the twenty nineteen to twenty season when you finished in second place.
1: I mean, it's I'm I'm going to be biased, um, but you know, having been in that league for a, you know a couple of seasons, um, you know, we were the most consistent side in the league, and it was an incredibly tough, tough league, very similar to the league we're in now. No game was easy. Some you know, decent crowd sizes, some hostile crowd sizes. You know, you were going to some really tough places, and we were coming away with with results and you know absolute battles. And it was a real joy to be a part of. It was disappointing that obviously we got the promotion through mathematics, in, in essence, because of COVID nineteen and, and how it slowed everything down. But I, I have every confidence that you know we would have gone on to uh, have you know either won the league or promoted. You know. Outright, and um, yeah, I'm, I might be slightly biased, but we you know, we really had a, a good competitive couple of seasons there. I guess one benefit of being in the United Counties League now, you've got more
0: uh, derbies closer to home. Of course, you've got games against Boston and uh, Pinchbeck and Sleaford. I mean, again, especially against Boston, I remember we did that game back in October. I mean, the crowd was fantastic, and it was a really good game. I mean, surely. With uh, derbies in the league, especially like games against Boston Town, I mean, they're going to be um, really good attendances for the club.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And if you look at you know, you know what's non-league football all about, it's it's about those derby games, isn't it? And about bringing the local community together to you know to enjoy football. And I think I was into for in that game, I was in the dugout and. You know, you could, there was an atmosphere even down there. Uh, it was just great to be a part of it. And any sort of derby is great to be a part of it. And you look at derbies again, and, you know, there's been a resurgence of Sleaford. You know, obviously it's, it's not great how, you know, the whole beach are at the minute, but I'm sure they'll, they'll recuperate and bounce. And the same with Pinchback. So there is a lot of local derbies, and it's, it, is, it is great for the league and great for the area. Of
0: course, it has been a difficult season uh, for you yourself. I mean, for a lengthy injury. I mean, some injuries can take up as little up to one or two weeks, but and in your case, it come. It's been a little bit longer. I mean,
1: how did you uh, get through the injury? <laughs> um, just patience, to be honest. Um, it was a bit of a, a freak injury. I, I, you know, for, for those who don't know, uh, I tore my my MCL, um, which for, for a goalkeeper is a bit of a strange one. Um, I came for a punch, um, just about got there, which is rare for me. And as I planted my leg, uh, a big lump of that landed on me and I had nowhere to go, so I, I tore I my ligaments. Um, and that, and that, that was really probably going to be sort of season over. Um, uh, and again, I have played since. I played a game for the first team a couple of weeks ago and I played a couple of games for the reserves. But to be honest, with the nature of the position, um, you know, they, they brought a, a really talented lad in on loan. Uh, And he's done really well. Um, And to be fair to the club, they were were very good with me. They spoke to me and said, you know, what's my feelings on things? And I said, you know what, if I was a goalkeeper in this position, performing like that, I'd expect to stay in the side as well. uh, I'm a little bit older now. You know, I was disappointed not to um, play more of the season. You know, I made a real effort and I'm in my mid-30s now. So getting ready for pre-season, I have to do a pre-season before the pre-season to survive the pre-season. You know, some of the young lads start (laughs) lapping me. Um, So to get yourself fit. Uh, and to really enjoy playing football, and I was playing in sort of reasonably well. Everything was pretty pretty consistent, and, and obviously then to come out of the side for an injury was disappointing. But I've got to know the lads down there now, for, you know, over the last few seasons, and you know, it's certainly not about my own, you know, wants or accomplishments. As long as the side are doing well, the lads are, you know, enjoying it uh, and performing. You know, I want to see Skegness do well. It's been great to be a part of it, and hopefully, if they'll have me, I'll continue to do so as we've just said, uh, the player currently in goal for Skegness
0: is uh, Josh Askew. And I'm sure you agree with me. We just have said he's done a cracking job and some made some vital saves along the way.
1: Oh, definitely. And he's a, he's a really nice guy as well. So, you know, sometimes I think people are under the misconception that all goalkeepers are friends and, and that's not always the case because obviously there's only, only one jersey available. Um, and he's come in and performed just to a fantastic standard. You know, he came in from... Uh, a league or two above, um, you know, is a big guy, a uh, relatively young goalkeeper, and he's just came in and, you know, the jersey's now his. He's, he's performed and he's earned it, and you know, um, you know, fair play to him. The only thing I'm a little bit irritated about, irritated about and I'm gonna have to fall out of him, is when I had to wear the jersey there, he cut my socks. I didn't have any <laughs> under socks ready. You know, I'm a bit old school. You don't cut your socks, uh, you know. So <laughs> that's the only small complaint I've got. But no, he's done brilliant, and you know, what a nice guy.
0: So we will uh, change the subject away from Skeg for the time being and we'll go on to another club you're known for playing here for and it's my uh, local club, Boston Town. And I guess at Tattleshaw Road, you're best known for being the goalkeeper in the 2017 FA Cup run. I mean, now, to play in the FA Cup at non-league is special enough, but to go on a bit of a run must be even more special for you.
1: Yeah, do you know what? I think... If we actually think about it, it was a a bit of a, a bit of a unicorn run. We just had a little bit of luck on our side, and we had a, a really strong, a really strong team, really strong sort of sort of team spirit and ethos as well. And whatever ingredients we had, just worked. Uh, and the run didn't actually start great. You know, as all you know, clubs are our standard. We had to go through the preliminary and, and sort of some of the earlier qualifying bits and pieces, and we really struggled against a, a knots team. I'm trying to think of the name now. I think they, they took us to a replay and it went to penalties. And you know, we were, I think, in the second leg, we were a couple of goals up. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just everything they hit flew in the top corner. And for once, I can't blame myself. And we were like, oh, no, this is, this is not going our way. This is, you know, it's just not, um, it's not falling for us. And it went to penalties. Um, and we scraped through. But once we did scrape through, we just gained momentum. And playing some of the you know the step three sides, which... You know, between the the, the step five and step three, there is a there is a massive difference. You know, you get to get to that sort of level, they're still taking their football very seriously, training a couple of times a week. The money's different, the lifestyle's different. You know, lads aren't you know turning up late from work because they to you know they're a plumber or something like that. Um, so how on earth we got through two, three of those games? Um, how we did was was just incredible, really. It was just you know I've got really fond memories of it. Obviously, I got injured again, so I couldn't. Fulfill the, the the final fixture before we were um, sort of knocked out, you know, late on. But again, we were well five minutes away from another really big upset, and that would have took us to being on telly. So I I, I think credit to I think it was it was Gary Frost at the time and the lads in um, and it was great, you know, and it was you know really special for me. I I playing you know in the same team as my brother, which was was always nice, and you know a lot of the members of that team to this day are, are my friends. Uh, it's that's you know great to be a part of. When I first started going
0: to Boston Town during the FA Cup run, not only did I see what non-league football was really like, but I also saw what the FA Cup meant to non-league teams. And you get people saying that the FA Cup isn't as good as it used to be for the top-flight teams. But when you go in non-league teams, it's still certainly alive, isn't it?
1: Humongously. You know, it's... I suppose it's... for, for the cup games it, it's, it's just an extra an extra level of excitement because you do get an opportunity to sort of test yourselves against you know some, some really good sides you know with recognizable names and I think sometimes people forget in, in sort of step five football as well you, you know you've got lads in the side that you know have played at a good standards and maybe you know through career choices or whatever it may be I've sort of found the level where it meets their their lifestyle so you know the traveling is not too bad, so they can make work. They've got family commitments, but most of that, that Boston town sides had been at an academy at summer stage or had played at you know a, a higher level of football before coming into Boston. So I think it was it shows that you know eleven blokes against eleven blokes, you know, who are working very very hard. That it, it is a bit of a leveler, and they'll moan they'll say that the dress rooms are terrible and the pitch is awful and you know it's it's this that and the other, but in reality. We just had a better team, so it worked really hard. You know, we're, we're a team of friends as well. And, you know, there's some talented footballers out there at Step 5. I'm not necessarily including myself in that list, but there are some really good players out there.
0: So we mentioned you beat three higher league opponents as well on your way to the third qualifying round, and they were Carson Town, Hedensford Town and Derham Town. And if you beat Hyde United in the
1: third qualifying round, do you think the team could have got to the first round? You might have to remind me who he would have played because I think it would have made it on the telly. I think it was um, Roring, I think it was Warrington Town they played. It would have been away from home.
0: So I think yeah. that was the league about two leagues above. So it would have been a bigger ask. But
1: well, I, I think I think you have to look at the fact that on the day anything would have been possible. Um, you know, look there, you have to be relatively realistic, you know, if we'd been drawn against Boston United, for example, with with that gulf of, you know, between the two teams then you know, that may have been very, very difficult to even sort of damage that. You know, we couldn't actually do any sort of, sort of, you know, to get a result there would have been an impossible, I would have thought. But again, you know, the teams we did beat, I'll be honest, with me being in goal, I wasn't overly busy. You know, you would maybe expect your goalkeeper to have a worldie, you know, you could have dived that way and still hit you. And that really wasn't the case. I think in, in all the games we scored first and we had our fair share of um, possession in the game. You know, I, I think we, you know, we... I don't think we scraped it. I think we were there on merit. I remember in the Deering game, I came off of about eighty-seven minutes, and Oli Pinner went in goal. Was Oli Pinner went in goal? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was. It was Oli Pinner went in goal, and, and we, we were good value for it. You know, a little, every now and again wasn't with the cost, but you know, that's that's the, the joys of football. Every team has spells, and I only remember making a handful of saves in each game, and nothing really. You know, there was no camera saves. I don't think. I think we were we, we were good value for our wins.
0: And I imagine it probably hurt even more when Hyde, probably deservedly as well, we've got to say that, but when Hyde got to the first round and had a live televised game as well on the BBC.
1: Ah, uh, that's what I think it was the movie televised. Yeah, I think it was, um, again, uh, you know, credit to the young guy who, who went in goal for us because he had a great game. I and mean, it was just unfortunate that we were, we were, I think we ran out of steam and a little bit of quality mm. sort of did come through. Um, but again, I think it was a game that we were well and truly in, and we, you know, we we probably could have. I think we were two one up until the last few minutes, and we conceded two goals in, in quick succession. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice obviously, you know, to take Boston Town to a televised game in in the FA Cup would have been, you know, would have been outrageous, really, wouldn't it?
0: So even though league wise it weren't exactly Boston Town's best ever seasons when you was there, but with the Cup one especially, does it still have a big place in your heart?
1: Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I, I really enjoyed my 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 time there with, with with the you know with the team, the management, the backroom staff. It was just a lovely thing to be a part of. And like you say, when you're playing football with your friends as well, it adds an extra dimension. I think with the league. The league takes it out of you in a different way because it's that week in, week out, midweekers as well, getting the same players available, the traveling, you know, the, there is some sort of limitations, you know, even for myself, you know, still serving in the military. Uh, and I certainly wasn't the time getting back for certain games. I might've been tipping up, you know, 20 minutes before kickoff. Um, and I think that's the other side of, you know, of step five football. You, you don't always have that luxury and freedom to put the same side out week in, week out. And, you um, and even with, you know geographically with the leagues a lot of traveling involved for us as well. But no, it was great to be a part of it. Um, it was great to be in the dressing room with you know Simon Ashton, Richard Fords, you know Laurie, my brother. You know, I'm probably missing some people out there, and I don't mean to. But it, it was just, it was just a joy to be a part of.
0: And of course, uh, one of the coaches, uh, well, then he won the manager. Then was Gary Edgeley, and of course, he's been the manager now for the last four years. Of course, he's stepping down at the end of the season. I mean, how well. Has he done to get from Boston Town from being probably relegation
1: candidates when he first came into
0: challenging uh, for promotion spots this
1: year? Well, I think the first thing that needs to be recognised is anybody wants to give up their their free time uh, to do that and the phone calls it takes and the logistics of it. You know, fair play to them because it's it's not something I'll ever want to do. So you know, fair play to for Gary for, for getting involved there. And he's obviously done brilliant. He's put a side out week in, week out, and he's put a strong side out. You know, he's obviously built and developed over time. And, you know, sometimes he's it's not always been the most, you know, popular figure in in the, in the, in the dugout. He's, you know, he's very vocal and very you know, outspoken at times. He does it with his own character. And sometimes when you've got a character, it invites a little bit of, um, you know, criticism, shall we say. Uh, and I think fair play to him. It's, it's almost a shame he's stepping down at The end of the season, he's, he's got a good side together there. Uh,
0: so, we will uh, change the subject again now and take it more back in time with you. So, let's take it back to the beginning. I mean, how did you get into football? Um, how far back do you want to go? Well, all the way back to the beginning when you, uh, when you first kicked the ball, or who got you into football? That's the
1: question. Uh, well, to be honest, my, our football time, and I refer to our hours as with my dad and my brother, um, it was something that from a young age we both got involved in. Uh, and back then there was a lot of local teams. You know, I, I was playing for, I think, Boston Juniors. Uh, where, you know, I've still got friends from there today. And um, I guess I was relatively successful quite early. Um, I, I signed for, for Norwich. Or me my brother signed for Norwich at about I think I must have been twelve years of age, something like eleven or twelve years of age. That went really well, um, and then Lincoln City was geographically closer, so we we chose to to go there. And I spent sort of between maybe thirteen, no, maybe twelve to twelve to sixteens, um, <clears throat> you know, playing for Lincoln City. I w- I was looking to to, to captain the county, um, so as a as a young you know, aspiring football, if you like. Um, everything had gone really well, really quickly. Um, and, you know, my time at sort of Lincoln was was brilliant. Um, I met some great players. You know, I played with Jacob, Shane Clark, um, uh, Scott Loach came in later on in, in, in my time there. Um, so it was, you know, a really, really great set of players. Um, and I learned loads. And that sort of led me up to, uh, I guess, uh, I I didn't I wasn't offering a, a YT there I I'd, I'd hurt my hip the season before and pretty much missed the season and by the time I, I'd come back it was noticeable that I'd lost um, a year you know physically the guys were more advanced than myself um, Scott Loch had come in who obviously went on the play in the Premiership so they obviously made the the, the absolute correct decision there um, and really it was evident that perhaps I wasn't going to be at the standard that you know I'd hoped. Um, and from there, uh, I signed, you know, uh, apprentice forms with sort of Boston United when they were sort of League Two on the Steve Evans. Um, obviously played in their, in their youth team. And again, that, that was a fantastic time. You know, I made some great friends from there and I got some good exposure with the first team. And um, I think I played a couple of the first team games in some with their sort of less important Cups. Shall we, shall we say, but that was still great to be, you know, play for Boston United first team at, at sort of, I must have been 16, 17, something like that was, was great. Got to train with the pros, you know, Jason Lee, it was at the same time when Paul Gascoigne came in, um, David Noble was there. It was what I would call a proper football club, a proper, you know, league football club. And even there cleaning boots and being around the guys, it was just, I suppose, as a young lad, that's the dream really, isn't it? To be an apprentice footballer, you know, walking about your local town in a a tracksuit, you know, high-fiving people in the street and signing, you know, things on match days. And, you know, I was always there with sort of Paul Buck and Nathan Abbey, um, the the first team warm-up and the strikers would do a bit of finishing. So I felt very much part of it. And obviously for a a young lad from Boston, it was, you know, a real honour and a privilege. Um, Again, didn't really work out, if I'm honest. I think, you know, we can probably... We all like to think that we might have been good enough, um, but in reality, I I maybe wasn't. I certainly wasn't tall enough to to, to play at the standard I would like to as a goalkeeper. I mean, I tell people I'm 5'10", 5'11", but I'm more like 5'9", in my boots, to be honest. Um, So from there, it was a case of, well, you know, I I was looking if I followed Paul Bastock to um, St Albans. Um, I think he just wanted some company in the car, to be honest, because I don't think I was ever going to play for the first team. But again, I played a, a few cup games and sat on the bench at, at, at conference football, which is good. really enjoyed that. And then for a period of time, I think I just struggled to find my feet in um, sort of proper non league football. You know, I, I spent some time at sort of Whiz Beach and a few different sort of teams there without really establishing myself. And then, as I think a lot of people do at that age, I sought you know a career elsewhere. I went out and played in America on a on a scholarship scheme, um, I, and I lived in Nashville and Tennessee for a period of time, and that went really well. I got freshman of the year and a few American awards, and you know lived a real you know interesting lifestyle. And a couple of my close friends also went out there on scholarship schemes, and you know we still you know I think one of my friends tagged me in. Uh, a guy called Lewis Brooks who was uh, at boss United with me. He tagged me in our spring break down in Miami, and it, it was just one thing to be a part of. And obviously coming back, not really finding my feet in football there. I chose a different pathway, and I, and I joined the military. Um, and I suppose if we're still talking about football, you know, I've been sort of very lucky and very privileged that you know, I've represented the Army's first team. Um, I've been core captain for a good few seasons, uh, and you know, now I'm getting a little bit older, shall we say? I was lucky enough to you know, be the Army's senior men's goalkeeper coach for the last season, um, which, is, which is great. I mean, the first team goalkeeper now is a guy called Luke Kearney. He plays at step two. Um, and it was just a pleasure to to train, play, coach alongside him because it, it was always a, a bit of a, a quality check alongside myself. Could I still cut it with somebody who's probably going to play in the conference and potentially hire um, if he gets the opportunity, you know, am I still roughly at that sort of standard? You know, at least in a training environment, anyway. So I, I really enjoyed that that period of my time. Um, and then, I guess non-league wise, my, my non-league CV is not actually that Im- impressive, if, if there is such a thing. Um, I joined the army as a military policeman and uh, did a lot of operational stuff. So I wasn't able to to play an awful lot. And you know, my brother was a professional at Russian and Diamonds, and I got a great deal of enjoyment going there on match days with Colin Ty and, and watching his journey and his career and I only really got back involved playing at Boston Town um, because of his relationship with with Nate Collins there initially um, and he said look you know we're short do you think you can get involved a little bit and I hadn't played for a good few years and I thought well why not I think I almost did about 27 at the time I thought well I can't be past it yet I was still in my 20s so we had a bit of a go and a bit of a slow start. You know, it took me a bit of time to work out how time my boots back up. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I guess now since then, we're talking sort of six, seven seasons, I you know, really enjoyed sort of playing football. Um, it's now just a battle trying to stay injury-free. Um, you know, the injury I had playing for Boston Town, um, I separated my collarbone from my shoulder and had to have, you know, sort of a bit of reconstructive surgery there. And that put me out for about a year. So I, I guess, you know, it's been a bit hit and miss, but thoroughly enjoyable all the way through.
0: So going back to your uh, days playing for the military, I mean, how much pride did you have when you was representing the British military in football?
1: Oh, just loads of prides. You know, it's, you know, when you, you know, everyone talks about being a tracksuit soldier and, you know, I must stress, you know, there's, there's certainly far better players out there than me. And actually the, the standard of the military is certainly at army men's senior level is, is really strong a lot of them players could play a, a, a really good standard of football and, and they do a few of them at step two a couple at step three a couple at step four and five you know down depending on their commitments with work so to be you know it's almost like being a, a full-time footballer again you know we're going into the inter services against the RAF and the Navy you know we're we're not in work for six weeks before that and we you know we have a, a fantastic training team you know the one of the senior men's coaches is also part of the England setup and We had Ian Ian Dowie come down and do some sessions and, you know, it was just a really fantastic professional setup, and to be part of it was an absolute privilege. Um, And, you know, to to even play for the military, put the shirt on and to say I've represented, you know, the Army's first team is is a real honour.
0: So you played, you must have played with and against lots of players in your time playing as a goalkeeper. I mean, who is the best player you've played with and against?
1: Best player I've played with. Um, oh, there's a question. Do you know what? we played against, uh, and this is just a, a certain thing that sticks to mind. I mean, I suppose the, the, the best people I've played, you know, to be in a training session with Paul Gascoigne is, 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 is relatively impressive. And, you know, I, I have to give a shout out to, to, to Paul Bastock because, you know, he's a world record holder for the amount of games he's played and the standard he has played. And he's a, he's a friend of mine and a great guy. So the ability to, to work alongside him for a period of time was, was pretty special. I'm sure it was, was it for Boston or Bourne? I can't think what the team was. But we played against, I want to say it was St. Niotz. I think they had a few quid at the time. But I think had Sylvan Legwinski playing, um, one of the Moore brothers up front, uh, and one other. And they, they, oh, they could have played in slippers. They were so good. Um, obviously, Julian Jochim. I played uh, with Julian for a little bit. That was obviously very special. Um, you know, I suppose, though, if I'm looking at who I played in the same team with, who was particularly good on a consistent basis without sort of trying to elevate myself, to say I played with some, you know, some you know, real professional footballers. I played with Rob Norris at, at, um, at Boston and, you know, he, he went on to play for the first team and just technically he was just incredible. Really, really good. I'm probably missing out some key people as well. Um, I think if I was to sum up my footballing, it was the fact that I was probably just about good enough to recognise how good uh, some of the people were. I was playing, you know, in and around or part of the training setup with. So yeah, I've been I've been really lucky, really good. So you've
0: had a really good cup run with uh, Boston Town. You've represented the uh, British minute or the British Army playing for uh, the. Football team, what would you say is your best moment in football so far?
1: My best moment in football so far. Uh, what a really good question. do You know, what? I am I am going to say the the Boston Town FA Cup run just because it was so enjoyable to be around that group of lads and to you know just just to to you know go from the next level to the next the next round the next round. It was just it was almost surreal. Uh, and you know, again, it's for me. It's always, and I'll never tell him because you know I never will. Um, but you know, playing that, that amount of time alongside my brother as well was was really really nice. I really enjoyed that, and yeah, definitely that for me.
0: I guess going back to Boston Town as well for a step five or a step nine, if you can, the whole English football pyramid to get that far in the FA Cup. I mean, it doesn't that happen very
1: often either. I think that probably made it even more special as well probably it probably won't happen again to be honest. You know, it, it really was an impressive feat. And like I say, once you start looking at clubs at sort of step three, you know, and in and around that sort of level, the the, the golf is huge. You know, them them guys are still you know proper non league footballers and looking to, to kick on. Or some of the guys coming the other way down that played in the football league for a period of time and they're just at a fantastic level. Um so again I hope I hope it happens again. It'd be great for the local town. I mean i certainly won't be part of it. I'll certainly be too old. But, um, you know, it'd be great for the area as well. You know, I'm a, I'm a Boston guy, so it'd be great to see, you know, them. I mean, I mean my current focus, to be honest, is, is Skeggy. You know, I'd love to see Skeggy become a really established non-league football club. There's some great people behind the scenes there. And it has sort of the real um, raw makings of, you know, uh, a football club that can carry on to climb the leagues. And again, if you get out of step five and you can establish yourself at step four, you know, you never know.
0: So I've got one more question for you before we move on to the quiz. So we've uh, had quite a few goalkeepers on this podcast before. We've had Gary Doran, uh, of Sleaford, uh, Ben Arbashir, the the goalkeeping coach at Spolng United, and also the Pinchback United goalkeeper, Alex Smith. And I think I asked Ben and Alex this question. And in my opinion, there are two different types of goalkeepers. You've got the ones who shout quite a bit, at the defenders, and the ones who are, more uh quite quiet I mean would you say they both have their advantages and
1: which one are you Mm. I think I think I think I think it depends very much on your relationship with your back four um I, I probably used to be a lot more vocal than what I am now um but having sort of played for a reasonable period of time uh I understand there's a time and a place to say something of value and there's a time and a place to, you know, to, to to rant and rave. And to be honest, I would probably say these days I'm not really much for. A share. I mean, to be honest, a lot of the lads are sharing me these days. Uh, um, I do think I do think it has its place. But you do have to have a really good understanding with your back four, and for a lot of goalkeepers, it's a way of concentrating. It's a way of them keeping involved in the game when the ball may not be close to them. Uh, and goalkeeping's changed now. There's an expectation that you are you know, fifteen yards outside your penalty box. There is an expectation now that you're sweeping up. You know, you are not just you know booming the ball as far as you can. You you kinda of need to find a shirt. So the game's probably changed and, and with that, I think, you know, if you're already involved in the game further up the field and you're trying to affect the game as hype as you can, I think you have to be constantly communicating because you're playing a riskier style of football, a riskier style of goalkeeping, you know, you have to have more communication to try and mitigate that risk and I don't think there's a place, you know, for any goalkeepers or young goalkeepers, you know, I, I work with or anything like that. I'm not really one for screaming and shouting. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that useful, to be honest. I don't think it really helps anybody make better decisions. I don't get me wrong if you're coming for a crowd of players, and you need to let the world know you're coming. But yeah, by all means, you know, shout, shout away. But I think um, on the whole, just making loud noises is is, is, is not overly productive and. Uh, you know, I've seen quite a few fallouts now where people haven't received it very well, because maybe you know, this, this, the young player coming through, maybe, maybe they're slightly different and don't respond quite as well to you know, ranting and raving. So, yeah, I think there's a place for both of it, both sides.
0: So that was uh, my last question for you now until we go on to the quiz. So, I'm uh, well, uh, at the end of each uh, podcast, I'm sure you've listened to a few. There is, of course, the football quiz where each guest takes on a 10 question quiz, five questions on United Counties League football, and five questions on football general knowledge. I mean, James, are you up for taking on the task?
1: I mean, I'm up for it. I mean, I hope there's not some sort of you know special bad award for getting none right, but I'll do my very best.
0: Well, I've got to say, there is no pressure as we have not had a score lower than seven yet. And our high score is 10 out of 10, <laughs> uh, which was done by Jamie Shaw of Sleaford Town in one minute and 21 seconds. So that is still to be done. Yeah,
1: but sure, he lives and breathes non league football. I, I just dip my toe where the phone rings. You would not believe how many people have said that. <laughs> right. Well, in that case, then I, I don't want to you know, I'll, I'll, let's see what happens.
0: So, as I said, the first five questions are on United Counties League football. And that is not just from the, prim- the Premier Division as well. It's more based in Lincolnshire, the questions. And then, of course, questions six to ten are on football general knowledge. So, I'll start with a timer when you're ready. OK, let's go. So, your time starts now. Question one. Which team plays at Abbey Lawn? Born. Bourne. Question two, which team are nicknamed the Knights? Uh, Pinchback. Question three, who is the manager of Deepin Rangers? Uh, pass. Question four, which player scored and got sent off for Sleaford when they played Skegness back in January? Um, was it Fenton? Question five, uh, which team plays at Dickens Road? No idea. Question six to ten are on football general knowledge. Question six, who captained England against the Ivory Coast this week? Uh, Harry Maguire. Question seven, which country did Wales beat to reach the World Cup qualifying uh, playoff On. no idea pass question eight which team is seventh in the premier league seventh mm. my united question nine which championship club is nicknamed the hatters i don't know no idea and question ten Atkinton stanley play in which league uh, league One. So that was your time. You did that in one minute and 43 seconds. So first of all, how did you think it went?
1: Terribly. I I, I mean, I'm a football fan, but do you know what? My general knowledge in football, is, as you're about to count up and tell your audience, is poor.
0: <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll soon uh, find that. Let's go through the answers uh, now. So, question one, which team plays at Abbey Lawn? The answer, Bourne Town, which you said, so that was correct. Question two, which team are nicknamed the Knights? The answer, Pinchback United, which is also correct. So, two out of two. I'm flying here. Question three, who is the manager at Deep and Rangers? You passed this one. The answer was Dan French. Question four. Which player scored and got sent off for Sleaford when they played Skeg back in January? He said Jacob Fenton. The answer was Charlie Ward. He did Charlie scored. Warner. He did put Sleaford one the up, but he, of course Skeg scored uh, two goals in late session, I believe. And uh, Charlie Ward did get sent off after the full-time whistle. And question five, which team plays at Dickens Road? The answer is Division 1 club, Harrowby United.
1: Uh, okay, well, you learn something every day. So, question six,
0: who captains England against the Ivory Coast this week? Uh, you said Harry Maguire. The answer was actually Raheem Sterling. But it wasn't a bad
1: wow. Do Pull the name out of a hat. I, I did watch a bit of the game, but I was working, so I didn't really pay attention. Uh,
0: question seven, I do admit this, was, this is quite a hard one. Uh, which country did Wales beat to reach the World Cup qualifying playoff final? The answer was Austria. Okay. Uh, question eight, which team is seventh in the Premier League? The answer is West Ham.
1: West Ham.
0: I'm an Arsenal fan, mate. That's is, is that's all I focus on? <laughs> I'm a Man United fan, so I'm glad we're not seventh. <laughs> <laughs> uh question nine: uh, which championship club is nicknamed the Hatters? The answer was Luton Town. You got that one correct. You got sorry, that you got that one incorrect. And question 10: and Stanley play in which league? The answer, League One, which you did get that one right. So um, it's not looking too good, to be honest.
1: <laughs> Come yeah. on, Tom. I think, yeah, you got three out of ten, so... <laughs> hey, look, that's three more than I thought I was going to get, so I'm going to call that a win.
0: Exactly. I mean, I'm loving the reaction. I'm glad you find it funny as well, so that's great stuff
1: as well. Oh, Tom. I, li- I listen to all the lads in the dress room, or, you know, on Twitter and whatnot, talking about all these non-league bits and pieces. I just, I should probably should engage more, to be honest. And... But, um, and uh, uh, well, the person who was actually was bottom
0: of the leaderboard was actually our commentator, Darren Trapps. So I'm sure he'll be pleased that he's off the
1: bottom of the lead leaderboard now. <laughs> he has been since Christmas, so... Nobody uh, is going to score less than three, so that should be a, an award in itself. So
0: uh, that is about all we've got time for for this, this week's Lincoln Shinongi radio podcast. James, thank you for coming on. You've been a fantastic guest. Any final thoughts?
1: Tom... Thank you for having me. Uh, And like I say, how good's football? It's been great to be a part of it so far. Yeah, once again, thank you for coming on and best of luck for you
0: and Skegness for the rest of the season and also next year. Thanks, mate. All the best. So we do have some upcoming commentaries to tell you about on Lincolnshire, on, on Lincolnshire Non-League Radio. On Easter Saturday, we'll be at Carters Park, where Holbeach United play Boston Town. And on Easter Monday, we'll be at the DWB, or sorry, the Mortgages for You Stadium, where Boston Town hosts Sleaford Town. So there will be a new podcast out next week, but that will be announced this week on Twitter. But once again, thank you to James for coming on. And thank you to everyone who has listened. See you next week. Goodbye.